Welcome back to the Mass Business Podcast. I am so excited. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and this is Season 2, Episode 15. I'm really excited to be bringing to you an awesome guest, a returning guest from Season 1, my good friend, Ryan McAniff. Ryan is the freediving CEO. He's a big guy into spearfishing, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I, I love to learn more about other people, but in this episode, we're going to talk and dig into some time management things as it associates to growing your business. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the party, Ryan. Thank you for having me again. So uh, this is great. But am I the first repeat? Yes. Well, you are the first person to send me Venmo money. So that's why that happened, I think. Perfect. Got it. Uh, why don't you take just a brief minute and tell people uh, listening on their favorite podcast platform or watching on YouTube uh, what it is you, Ryan McEnany, do at Minute Women. I am the CEO of Minute Women. So I, uh, we provide home health care services to generally seniors, but to anybody that needs them. We're a private pay model. So generally when people have a crisis situation where mom or dad has fallen, injured themselves, declined in some way, they go to the hospital, they start coming home, and then all of a sudden the family goes, oh no, how are we going to prevent this from happening again while allowing mom or dad to age in place? And that's when they call somebody like me. And then we send caregivers into the home to provide help so that they can stay, they being the parents, can stay at home as independently as possible. Got it. Um, so, I, you know, you and I have had conversations a lot over yeah. the last year, 18 months or so. Really pandemic conversations, pandemic conversations. We're kind of both annoyed with it by now. Um, but one of the things that came out of those conversations that I thought would be great to share with some of the listeners of the podcast is some of the time management things that you you talk about yourself and, and with some of the organizations you're a part of to help other people grow their business. I know it's not something you do as a service, but what you tend to like to do is share your tips and tricks and your hacks of how you deal with things. So what, what, what brings that on? What, what, what brings up the mentality of just wanting to hack time management so bad that you just get good at it? So I have always found it fascinating how somebody like a Steve Jobs and Elon Musk um, or any of those top 1% of 1% CEOs are able to squeeze so much out of one day. Um, and granted, we all have 24 hours in a day. We don't all start from the same starting point in life, whether it's you know coming from a, a wealthy family or a lot of education or whatever it is, but we're all given the same 24 hours 
per day. And I've always found that interesting. So, um, you know, granted, I think when you are at that level of an Elon Musk, and I think it's been proven in his personal life that his he doesn't really have a personal life. He, he goes through wives. He, he doesn't have those great relationships because he spends so much time in the day. But you can also pick certain things that they're doing and try to implement that in your life so you can uh, you can uh, really be as productive as possible. Another person is Tim Ferriss who who did the four hour work week who who kind of introduced a lot of those ideas. And so that's where I was kind of fascinated where I do like having a work life balance, but how do you make sure that your work time is as productive as it can be so you can have an outside life, as well. And that's why I find that type of stuff interesting to see how you can make the most out of your day and your time every single day. So is that how you think of it? You think of it like if I'm more productive at work, I'll have more personal time. Yeah, I think it's, I think, and it's getting to your goal sooner, right? So how do you, how do you get to your goal, whether that's growing your company or being able to work remotely or uh, only working two days a week out of five and, and how do you get to those levels? And part of that is, is growing the company at some level until you can achieve those things. But, you know, I have I have been a big fan of a guy named Cal Newport. He opened up my eyes, and he's he's a um, he's a researcher um, at a university, and he made it a point of saying that a lot of people go to work and they do a bunch of busy work. They push paper around, they 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 uh, follow up on hundreds of emails a day, and then they go home. They're exhausted, but they get to the dinner table and they say, "What did I really accomplish today?" And all of a sudden, they realize that nothing really got accomplished. All you did was move some papers from point A to point B to point C, and it really didn't move the needle on anything. And being a CEO, you have to realize when you're you're just treading water versus when you're actually uh, making strides to get to where you want to be. And I think that's uh, where a lot of people could improve upon in 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 getting to their goals and and being able to move the needle rather than work. The old adage of working in the business versus working on the business. And it's cliche, but there's a reason why everybody says it because it's true. Cal, Cal Newport, he wrote that uh, book, a Deep Work, I think it's called, right? Is that yep. Deep Work? Um, what's the concept of that? Is it just that you literally drive, drive into the work that you're doing in such a very focused way? Yeah. So, so, and granted, this isn't for, this isn't a one size fits all, but he's talking about people that are generally in STEM fields um, are, are far better at what they do when they have uninterrupted blocks of time to be able to get work done. And when you're able to spend 90 minutes or two hours working at something diligently, then you are able to really push forward rather than working in 15 minute increments and being interrupted every few minutes. And there's something called, um, I'm going to forget it now, but there's something called attention, um, attention, uh, 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 drain, if you will, basically it's, it's scientifically proven every single time that you switch your attention from one thing to another, it takes a long time to get back to that original task that you were working on. And it can leave somebody completely drained and exhausted of switching back and forth from one topic to another, rather than focusing on one thing at a time and then, uh, doing that. So, 
his his beliefs are if you're able to take you know two or three or even one 90 minute block a day but ideally two and and be able to work on something um then you're going to be able to move the needle much more and he uses examples of interviews from book writers um whether it's jk rowling for the harry potters james patterson they basically find a secluded place that they can go to and they're obviously super rich so they have some you know beautiful cabin in the woods but it doesn't have any internet access it doesn't have anything like that it just has a computer that they can type on and then they just bang out that book and they do that every single day five days a week for two months and then they have a book to or however long it takes and so as a ceo you maybe not are not able to do that where you can spend 90 minutes or 120 minutes doing something because maybe your job doesn't allow that certainly my job doesn't allow that but it's keeping something front of mind of hey listen i need to work on x and i need to accomplish that so for example for somebody that doesn't have the ability to dedicate 100 minutes to writing a book every single day you can say hey listen i'm going to figure out what one task i'm going to do today the one thing that i can say i accomplished this i can go home and be proud of myself and then you know that if you do one task a day every single day and then you hit the goal for the week you are still moving the needle it might not be as quickly as as what you know a stem researcher could do with 90 minutes of interrupt or in uninterrupted time but it's still that slow and steady wins the race kind of mentality that you can sit there and say, hey, here's the one thing I need to get done this week. Here's the one task per day I need to accomplish to be able to get that one thing done per week. And then each week builds on itself. And then all just like you doing your podcast, just putting out a podcast on a regular basis, every single X amount of days, X amount of weeks, whatever it is, it builds on itself until you hit that critical mass that things just take off. You know, that's so interesting, right? We, you know, it kind of talks about routines and, and systems and process. And we've dug into that in previous episodes on the podcast with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Everybody ends up with their own systems and routines. Let's talk a little bit about yours. Let's talk about your specific time management. I'll call them hacks. They're not really hacks. They're, um, they're attributes or they're habits. Let's call them that. That's really what they are. So let's talk about Ryan's um time management habits what one thing are you doing every day to ensure that so it sounds by the way it sounds like the way you were describing that before is that that you know the idea is to eliminate distractions right so are what are you doing to eliminate distractions as a habit well, so the the first thing I've done recently, and we kind of talked about this on the first episode um, that we did together, was I did hire that VA. I was trying to do certain things that were uh, important, but they weren't the best use of my time. And there there's a there's a hack in and of itself is called delegation. If it's something that's beneath you, and I don't mean that in the mean way of beneath you, but it's not somebody else can do something that you can then spend yeah, your time. Yeah, if it's not a high value task, yeah. There's just one simple thing, and you you know you and I have talked about this before in the past. Now, 
the tips that I do is that it's most of the, the, the stuff that I do is comes at the end of the day. It's that it's that at the end of the day, you need to kind of take half an hour to look over what needs to be done over the next 24 hours and what is stuff that you can delegate away, what stuff that you can delete and what stuff that needs to get done. And then you can set up your day the following day, the night before in determining what needs to get done. And granted, you're going to have to, uh, allocate a certain amount of time to things that you weren't expecting to pop up in the middle of the day. I've tried to do the 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 time blocking, which is a good thing to do, but like you can do time blocking, but you also have to realize that it's written in pencil. It's not written in pen. And if something gets in the way where a fire comes up, you need to be able to erase your plans for that day and then um, put in whatever came up that's more important. So that one task that needs to get done every single day that I talked about before, my habit is trying to get that done in the in the morning, the first 45 minutes of the day. In home care, usually the end of the day is busy, the beginning of the day is slower. So I take that 45 minutes and say, hey, listen, what absolutely needs to get done today to move the needle? That eat the frog, get it out of the way. And then anything else I get accomplished the rest of the day that was in the plan is just icing on the cake. Um, and if you don't get anything else accomplished that day, whether it's because of outside influences or you're just not as productive as you thought you'd be, then you still got that one thing done. And that's a simple, I think people look at productivity, and I certainly have done this myself, and look at trying to become a robot. And we're not robots. You know, we're not perfect. And we're imperfect. And so boiling it down to one or two things that you really need to get done every single day will allow you that freedom of saying, hey, listen, things got away from me in the later part of the day, but I still came back and, and, and was able to work on this project and get a little bit closer to the end game. Got it. Um, talk a little bit about um, another – did you use any tools that help your productivity and your time management? So, so you know, that's that's something that is a very – there's something called product uh, productivity porn. And uh, and I promise this will be kid friendly. But it, this is one of those things where there is always a new software. There is always a new program out there. There's always some new doohickey that is going to make your life so much better. And the fact of the matter is, is that um, there's the the law of diminishing returns. So I use a to do a to do list manager. I personally use. Um, my life organized, but there's a billion out there that you can use. I use Evernote to capture and and uh, things on the internet I want to read later and to use as my filing cabinet. There's a billion other things you can use for that. Um, and those are really the two big tools that I use on a regular basis. And the, the best tool is the one that you use regularly. And so you can spend all day going down the productivity porn about how this one's a little bit better, this one's a little bit better. At the end of the day, you're looking for 80-20 and the, the, the what does the best for you and Evernote and My Life Organized um, work for me. But there are a billion tools out there that can work for you. Find a, a for most people, it's finding a to-do manager, uh, some type of whether that's writing it down on paper or an app that people use. And then the other one is having some type of virtual or physical inbox of all the things that need to get organized and then eventually uh, accomplished, delegated or accomplished or deleted. Yeah, I mean, I've always struggled with productivity software, right? Because I just, it's one of those things. And, and, and I love how you say the best software is the one you'll use. I say the same thing about CRM. 
everybody asks me what's the best CRM to use for contact management to get more referrals, and the answer is the one you actually use. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what's the best car you drive? The one you actually are going to drive versus walk yeah. or whatever, right? Um, and, and when and you so, and when you switch around, when you switch around from one software to another, there's such a lag between having yeah. to learn a new software that any any improvements it gives you, the, the that cost that ROI is so far down the road because then you have to learn everything new about that software. It's usually not worth the move in most cases. Yeah, because like the, the, the learning curve, but also the time associated with actually like making the move itself, right? And how, how, how much time is involved in transferring the data and the idea and, and not just the learning. The problem is you can put a number on what it costs you to switch the software. You can't put a number on the learning curve. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then again, how much are you going to be getting? There's no perfect tool. So if you move over to the, the, the new software, there's going to be imperfection on, imperfections on that that you're not going to be able to fix for the same reason that you left another tool. Unless one tool is absolutely a disaster, you know, for the most part, it's not worth making that switch in my, my view. Same thing with the CRM. I've used CRMs that are apparently better. Like we have a very... We use a, a CRM called ClearCare, and it's it's specific to the home care industry. And I've used outside CRMs because I thought that they were better. But at the end of the day, it's just so much, so much of a pain in the butt to enter information in two different places because of a few, uh, a few uh, features, features that aren't critical. Then you realize, hey, this wasn't worth the move, and, and you just give so up So it's on. funny you say that because um... – Managing a small business and changing software vendors is, is a, a huge pain in the butt. It's a huge pain, um, especially with time management. You know, people think about the time associated with changing the software, no matter what type of software it is. And then they, um, you know, they, they get stuck in that. Um, when in my, my new book, The High Five Effect, I was talking specifically about this idea of change and I always recall back to uh, a conversation I had, and I think I read it, but then I also talked to him, is um, uh, motivational speaker Larry Winget. And I quoted him in my book, and I, I just want to read it. People only change when the pain of not changing is so great that there is no other choice. And that that's so important to think about in small business management, right? We're not going to change the way we're doing our own time management, the way we're doing our tasks every day until we get so frustrated with the current status quo in our business that we decide we have to do something new, right? Um, and what's funny about this is that at some point you got passionate about this and now you're just keyed in on it all the time. Um, do your does your staff feel the same way about time management and task management? Um, yeah, I mean, my my director of operations, for lack of a better term, has we've talked about this, and they use they use the free version of Trello. That's what worked for them, mm. um, and so it's just keeping a pulse on what needs to get done because your your brain is not good at keeping track of a list of things your brain is good at coming up with ideas coming up with with um, execution of those ideas but 
it is not a filing cabinet. It is. It has been proven time and time again. It is. You're going to forget things. You've forgotten important things, Matt. So have I. And so when that stuff is logged into a system, whether it's your calendar, whether it's your to-do list, or a combination of the both of them, and I'm not saying every little task has to be logged down. It doesn't. If it takes just a minute or two to do, go get it done. But there's there are some areas in which you know these the the there need to be critical tasks that get done whether it's on a repeated weekly bi-weekly monthly basis or whatever it is that my director of operations has taken a a liking to having that list of what needs to get done and what's critical and what's not because it's just um difficult now my my care coordinator or my scheduler of who puts the shifts in um, when she was working in the office her desk looked like a rainbow of uh, stickies. She liked using stickies. I don't even know what her methods were. I, I tell everybody, hey, listen, if you want to, if you want a, a subscription to a to-do list, I'm happy to pay for it through the company for you. But she was like, I have this, this methodology of stickies and it worked and she didn't drop the ball and the stickies, however she did it. So there's, there's a million ways to shear that sheep, you know, but however it works for you is all I care about. So when you're working in this type of industry, our shifts aren't, it's not like a doctor's office or a dentist's office where those shifts don't really change. We, things can change so quickly between the caregivers and the clients. A client goes down and we, we just started a live-in case a day ago, and now we have to uh, do overnights as well. So some, the when the person sleeps at night, uh, another person now has to go in and be awake at night. So now we have multiple people on a case rather than just one person. Things can change so quickly when you're dealing with older folks and uh, shifts can change that you have a million moving parts, it feels like. And so you need to be able to keep that all in, in line. And this, this schedule has done a great job with that. We've had other schedulers before her that we tried out that didn't have that system, tried to keep it all in their head, and it just was a complete disaster and you know unfortunately she didn't she didn't you know have a long tenure at minute women because she wasn't happy and we weren't happy with her and it was it was actually a great um she thanked me when we 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 laid her off but um that's kind of those difficult situations of being able to have uh organization and being able to handle task management and some jobs require it more than others certainly what do you say to the people? I, I, I met with someone recently who has uh, software, and he's the CEO of the company trying to get this thing going, and he's burning the midnight oil because he's working a full-time job. And uh, he, uh, I, I said, you know, he's coding as well. He's coding the website and the Apple app and the Android app. He's doing it all himself. And I said, why are you doing this? Like, this is not going to go anywhere until you get some help. And he said, well, the problem is, is that, you know, I've got to train these people on how to code properly in, 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 in an effective way. And then I need to test it all. So it's going to take way more time. What would you say to somebody like that? I mean, I know what I said, but what would you say? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I've personally, I don't really work too well after seven, eight o'clock at night. I'm burned out, I'm tired. It's time to read a book or do a puzzle or watch TV. Um, but there are other people that can do that. And and I think those people, I think there are a lot more people that claim they can do that than can actually do it. Um, I think that's kind of like the people that claim that they can sleep 
only four hours a night. I think that's a lot smaller than than people uh, claim that they can do that. Um, again, law of diminishing returns. The more you're working, the more you're drained. Is that good quality work going to be there at 10 o'clock at night when you've been pounding the pavement for already 12 hours? I, I highly doubt it. Um, and I've found, certainly over the pandemic, I have found that investing in your company is going to pay dividends down the road. You can't wait to invest in your company before the business, when the business gets there, you need to invest in it before the business comes and then the business will come. You will have to have that faith. And so that individual, in my opinion, needs to hire somebody to help him in some capacity. Now, whether he can code, maybe he hires the tester. He tests it for somebody else to code. I don't know what that is. I don't know that world very well. Um, I do work with a company called Well Aware Care. They're in the senior care world. I'll introduce you to them. Maybe they'll do a do an interview. Um, but what they do is they they build software and they allow hardware to talk to each other to help seniors. But anyways, the reason I bring them up is that they outsourced their CRM and their backend software. They they hired somebody else to build that up, even though they could have built them it built it themselves. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the time to do it. Like they had too many things on their plate. And eventually that something's going to, you're going to drop the ball somewhere and it's all the, the house of cards is all going to fall. And hopefully well, and it's I, not too bad. I personally think that things don't move nearly as quickly when you do it, try to do it all by yourself. You know, Why would that, and I'm right? not suggesting that people bring on employees or whatever, but they should bring on contractors, 1099 or subcontractor sure. companies and things like that to do it. Especially and, uh, in that world. Yeah. And that's the thing I was telling him about. You know, especially because he was tired, I said, at some point, you just got to be able to communicate on WhatsApp with your developers, and then you're just you're just answering questions, right? I mean, yes, it, there is always a ramp-up training time period, even for virtual assistants and things like that. Um, but once you get them trained up to what you need them to do and the tasks you provide, it, it's as long as you can step away, which most, by the way, small business owners can't do, they can't keep their hands off the tasks that they have always had because they're control freaks typically, which is why they're in business for themselves. Um, but once they start to release things, they start to realize, you know what? I make more money this way. I actually take home more money when I bring in other people to help me with things. And that's what happened in my agency so much. You know, I, I had all kinds of challenges with growth and I started to take more time off. And the more time I took off, the more money I personally made. I, I can attest to that as well. I mean, I, I was in, I was in the office and my director of, um, my director of client care and my operations manager, and I shared a wall. So I think it became kind of confusing to some of the people in the office. It's like, what office do we go into when we have a question? And I'm sure eventually we contradicted each other at some point in time. So anyways, there ended up being an office available right across the hall. And I took that office and I'm literally not in in the office where day-to-day -day operations occur and things are going great. I mean, yeah. things are going really well. And it's uh, one of the things that I'm learning is what a CEO does because I've been so used to working in the business. I've now got to look about on the business and what's the, I, I was looking at quarterly, you know, that was as far as my vision could go out because I was working in the business on day-to-day -day stuff. And now it's like, well, what do we do in the next year? What have 2022 is coming quickly. What are our top three things we want to get done in 2022? And so, you know, going back to time management, my time management was always focused on, 
this uh, week in or maybe a month out and now it's quarters out and what do we need to get done? And so that's where I think time management and focus come in even more because when your projects are months long or maybe a year long project, you need to stay diligent to that project and not go off course versus smaller projects that are maybe only a week long or a day long or things like that. Um, and you can, you can pivot back really quickly. If you get a week behind on a long project, you're going to have to do a lot of work to make up that week. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just always thought that's not the way to run a business. And I think you what? run yourself personally into the ground when you do it. Like all 16 yourself. hour work days yeah, or whatever. When you do it yeah. all yourself. Yeah. It's just, and there's nothing fun about that, right? In the new book, I talk about this idea of freedom, which is – it's really freedom of choice. For some people, it's it's freedom away from the business. For other people, it's just the freedom to choose properly, right? But, like, I, I cannot imagine what it would be like working that much, you know? It's just crazy. I mean, how would you be – you wouldn't even be able to go spearfishing. No, thing. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, you know, I think it's it's one of those things where um, you have to pick what what do you want? I mean, being a business owner is a blank canvas, right? And you get to paint the picture yourself. Do you want to have extremely fast growth? Well, if you want to do that, you either need to work a heck of a lot or you need to hire people that are going to work a heck of a lot to help you get that growth. If you want to have, you know, a consulting business where it's you and a VA, well, then you charge a lot of money for your consulting. You have less clients and there might be ups and downs like you can make you can choose your own adventure and you have to figure out what you want out of it and then you can build it from there. And you, what you want, Matt, is different than what, what I want. 100%. And, and certainly everybody on this yeah. this uh, podcast will have little different, you know, what they want out of their business. Yeah, that's so good. You know, um, toward the end of every episode, I'd love to ask people a couple different questions um, to, to really help the audience. The first one is, what piece of software do you think that um, – business owner should not go without what what one piece of software in your business is a game-changing tool or, or software for for general business owners not not industry specific yeah I mean I as much as I uh, don't love their their the company values Google workspace or G suite is is such an easy thing to use it's mm -hmm. got the email it's I mean I, you know and you really only have a choice between them and Microsoft Office so mm -hmm. I go with Google because it's all in the cloud and I think that is um, the most basic fundamental I think if you're I mean I can't even believe I'm saying this in 2022 but if your email work email address AOL AOL or Gmail or Yahoo you look like a fool. I mean, it just, yeah. I don't know how to say it any other way. So you need to get your domain attached to that. It's so easy now. And, and even like now, a lot of people think that the Gmail thing is like at gmail.com. It's not. That's the personal side. You can do the business side, have a real domain name, and it it's like $6 a month per email address. It's nothing. Yeah, absolutely, so. and then and you get er everything you get with that with yeah. with uh, the storage, cloud storage, and you know basically a, a host of uh, Excel and and Word documents and everything you could ever imagine, and it's all in there for six dollars a month. I mean, that's a pretty good deal in my opinion. Yeah, and we've collaborated on a lot. We actually use the Google Chat you and I all the time. So, all the time. And it's and for most people don't realize it's uh, Google Chat is is actually called Hangouts, and it's integrated inside of 
uh, Gmail suite now. So it's actually in the phone app as well. So that's cool. And then another question, and you mentioned a few before, but I just want to get your opinion. What is probably the best business book you've read um, that you recommend other people listening or watching on YouTube should should take a read? You know, actually, I'm going to tell you about the one I'm reading right now because I, I listened to about five minutes of it and I already knew that I needed to get a hard hard cover or a physical book of it. And it's called A Radical Candor. And it's by a woman named Kim Scott. And basically, she was a big wig at all of the major, you know, dot coms, the Googles, the Microsofts, the whatever. And it was about, you know, a really difficult um part of being a business owner is having candid conversations with your employees when you're being critical or you're providing, um, you know, uh, ad not advice, but you're telling them they're not doing the job you need them to do. And how do you go about doing that without it being personal and without it being um, uh, detrimental to the business relationship? And that's certainly some an area where I've struggled, which is probably why I'm like, this book is great because it's, it's really tough. And you know, being a business owner, sometimes you avoid those t tough conversations. It's like, you know, I, I equate it to, you know, back in the day where you're in a relationship and you need to have a tough uh, conversation with your girlfriend or significant other, but you really just don't want to open that can of worms. And so I think it's been, uh, I'm only about a third of the way through the book, but I'm pretty impressed with it thus far. And I think it sounds like a, uh, it reads like a good leadership book and a good communication book. And God knows uh, leadership and communication specifically is the crux of mo almost all of my issues when it comes to uh, the business world and, and personal life, right? It's always communication. So um, I would recommend people check that one out and I'm checking it out right now too. That's good. And along those lines, I want to mention, I have a good friend in Canada that I know from the speaking circuit. Her name is Leanne Davey, and she wrote another book in that world of conflict called The Good Fight. Use right. productive conflict to get your team in the right space. Um, and and it's very interesting, this, this concept of how difficult some of these conversations are. Uh, her whole focus is, is using... Um, you know, productive conflict to challenge people, you know, in, in a way to make people grow. And it's not, you know, argumentative in any way, but it's also like having the common, because everybody wants to avoid them. I'm that way too, right? Nobody wants conflict, right? You just avoid and just run away and it feels ugly and gross. But I think these types of books, I think these are, these are great opportunities. So well, the um, algorithm is is right because I typed in the good fight to Amazon and it said frequently bought together the good fight and radical candor. There so there's you go. your there's your one two punch on business communication uh, with your subordinates and employees. There you go, Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can anybody get a hold of you? They want they want to learn more about Minute Women or they want to do some networking. What, what way can they get in touch with you? Um, pretty easy. Just go to minutewomen, um, mwhomecare.com. And my email is ryan at mwhomecare.com. So if you want to reach out to me, feel free. Um, and happy to always do these types of things and chat and meet other business owners. So um, we're always just a Zoom away. So it's a beautiful world we live in now with Zoom. This is true. This is very true. Well, thanks so much for having uh, coming as a guest on the show. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, for those of you that don't know, some inside baseball, Ryan jumped at the opportunity to come back on the show uh, as a last minute uh, fill in for somebody that, that was unable to make it. And I appreciate his flexibility. And we had a great conversation. This is the type of stuff we want to be talking about on this podcast all day long. So that's it for episode 
15 of season two. I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Feeling all right. High five the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High five the world. Make a difference today. High five the world. What a thing to say. Do you feel what I'm telling you? Raise one in the air to put you 